say praise God, my sins are gone. They're underneath the blood on the cross of Calvary. Amen. Let's sing this before I leave you. Well, I thank you for the valley I walk through today. The darker the valley, the more. How could I appreciate the sunshine if there wasn't clouds? Amen. And I thank you, Lord, for the valley that we walk through today. Amen. For the victory that he's given us. Let's sing this. Well, I'm just a sinner. And I'm saved.
thankful this morning we're saved by the grace of God. Just an old sinner saved by the grace of God. Amen. One more song. When I think of how he
this morning. Who am I that not a king, but the king would bleed and die for her? Amen. That's a very good question for us to answer this morning. You can have your seats and we'll have our ushers to come and receive the morning offering you did to give to the Lord. I'm sure he'll bless every effort this morning. <clears throat> we have a couple birthdays. Sister Brenda wasn't here Wednesday, so we want to announce Sister Brenda Brewer celebrating her birthday yesterday. God bless you, Sister Brenda. Happy birthday. Also, uh, tomorrow, I believe, is Brother Vance Jr.'s birthday, Amen. celebrating a birthday, uh, Brother Josiah, is February the 9th, so we want to wish all of them a happy birthday, and then also on Tuesday, Sister Ashley Franklin is celebrating her birthday. Let's give them all a hand this morning. Jesus is moving. 
we have to do is reach out and touch yeah, people. And let's stand together as we invite our pastor to come and lead us what the Lord has laid on his heart for us today. feel alive and well. Hallelujah. We're serving a God. Jesus is moving in this place. You believe he's moving in this church? Hallelujah. 
praise his mighty name. What a blessing to be with you in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the service at the late hour, where I believe he's doing a lot of miracles. Yes. A lot of supernatural things are happening. Yes. You know why? Because he's an on-time God. Put your hands together yes. as the brethren comes. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is the tithe of first fruits. The tenth belongs to the Lord. You give and he'll bless you. Amen. Well, he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Come on, somebody. working on it. Yes. Tell somebody next to you, he's working on it. Yes. It may not be, amen, when we want to, but he's working on it. Because you know why? Your effectual prayers has been poured out into the heavenlies. Yes. And he's about to dispatch the angels of God yes. to your request. Yes. You might be going through a very painful time right now and Travailing prayer, prayer is very painful, but when the blessings come, praise God. Yes. It'll be a time of climax. Yes. It'll be a Kairos moment in your life. Yes. Praise the Lord. Happy to be in the house of the Lord with you. Appreciate our musicians, and I just thank God for the wonderful evening we had uh, last night with all the couples and just enjoying a sweet time together. And I had so many cakes last night, I, I tell you what. They're a little too sweet. I rolled about the bed all night long, but praise the Lord. I'm here in the house of the Lord. A lot of sweet stuff happening there last night. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's, it's, it's a good time of the year, isn't it? Praise the Lord. We'll invite you to go back in the book of Revelation. I'm going to attempt to preach this morning. The Lord will help us. Good to have all of you in the house of the Lord. Brother Chris, right here? Good to have you. Is it Chris? Good. I've heard good things about you. 
Amen. God bless you, Brother Drexler. Good to have all of you. Uh, uh, Brother back here in the back, God bless you too. Each and every one of you. Uh, Revelation chapter uh, chapter 2. And uh, this is what God told me to do, just to keep preaching. So I'm going to keep hammering and keep preaching. Because there's coming a day. Hallelujah. When you don't need a preacher anymore. Until then, I'm going to do my job. Last time I looked, my job was still intact. There's no rapture yet. So until the rapture comes, I'm going to keep preaching. He said, well, I sure wish you'd get off that subject. But when God tells me to do it, I'll do it. Amen. Until then, I'm going to preach the house down by the grace of God. Revelation 2, 1. And unto the angel of the church at Ephesus write these things. Said he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and has borne and has patience, and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first work, works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. Now, remember that this passage here is not written to the unbelievers. It is written to believers. He's not talking to people who have never known about Jesus Christ here. He's talking to the church, the people who are in church. These are believers, a group of people that claim to believe the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in Matthew chapter 24, verses 12, Matthew 24, 12, Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Matthew 24 is uh, very uh, visual here that is Jesus is speaking of a time when there will be a cooling off of the church where you begin to see a lot of uh, religion and not so much a changed life. A transformation where people are being changed into the image from glory to glory. The churches have now become very religious and uh, very formal. Uh, it's become just a society, a club, a place to join. You see, churches are more than just uh, a social gathering. It is a place where a man and a woman meets God and God speaks to them in their lives and bring them closer to himself. This is what church is all about. It's about leaving here this morning and feeling closer to Almighty God. It's about ironing out all those wrinkles in your lives that is so besetting, that's hindering you from being all that Christ wants you to be in the kingdom of God. It's about your purpose. 
been coming into reality. You know, God has a purpose for all of us. You're not here without a purpose. You're here because God has decreed a purpose in your life. And this is what preaching is all about. It's, it's about getting all those obstacles out of the way so that God's purpose can be carried out in your lives this morning. And I trust that you're ready to uh, hear what God has to say today. Return to your first love. This is part uh, eight in series. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your amazing grace to us and this time that you have set aside for us to have some fellowship around the bread of life. You said to your disciples, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Lord, that's why we are here, is to feast on heavenly manna, to walk into our Canaan's land, and to possess our inheritance, to eat the new corn of the, of the ground, to enjoy the new wine that you have uh, prepared for us, Lord. We pray, God, that your presence will be amongst us. Have your way, I pray, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the church says, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning if you're a part of me. You know, church should never be a place that is boring, dreadful, cold. Can I get an amen? Amen. Icicle, morgy, melancholy. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Amen. Shake yourself. We're going to have church. We come to church to let the devil know whose side we're on. When we come to church, there is a spring in our walk, a joy in our talk. There's a victory. There's a sense of victory that comes in our lives. How many remembers the little motto I had in Georgia? You know what it says? The spirit of victory is upon my life. You need to let somebody know beside you this morning that the spirit of victory is upon your life. You believe it? The spirit of victory is on your life this morning. This is why Satan is so set and bent on trying to detour or distract your life today. And he does so by everything at his disposal. But I believe there's a church that is rising up this morning. That will shake ourselves from the dust and ashes of the past. And say that our God liveth. Hallelujah. That I shall not be defeated. I cannot be defeated. I cannot be denied. Hallelujah. What God has for me, he will bring it to pass. Can you shout amen? There's just something about God this morning that he's chasing after you. He's running after you today. Oh, quit running and let him catch up with you today. Because he wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed today. Can you shout amen? Hallelujah. You say, God, I want you to bless me. Then stand still and let God bless you. Quit running from him. Stand still and say, Lord, you got me this morning. Pour your blessings upon my life. Now, we understand that society and culture has replaced the love of God. Can you shout amen? Amen. Society and culture strive to somehow cover over the true transformation of God in believers' life. 
It is trying to uh, try to to build a mask over true religion. But I believe that there is a church that God was speaking to here in Revelation chapter 2 that will not just allow the world and the culture and the things around us to stop us to be what God intends, intends for us to be this morning. Now we notice and we have been saying it and it's worth repeating that in every uh, attribute that ancient Laosia is found reborn again in the 20th century Laosian age. Now you know we're living in the last age. There's not another age to come. There's no other prophets or potentates or, uh, or any such uh, ministries that is to be on the earth. The last ministry has been uh, displayed before us. And it is lifting up Jesus out of history. That we're not serving a historic God of the past, but a God of today. Can you say amen? Our God's not dead. He's alive and he still performs miracles. He's a God that can heal your sick bodies. He can remove that insulin from your routine. That you don't have to struggle with diabetes any longer. Because he's not a God of history, but he's a God of today. You believe it? He's a God, not just of Laosia, but he's a God to the people who are called in this age. In the Laosian church age, the, the city was rich, empowered by the wealthy. It was full of culture. Science abounded. Out like today, the churches are rich. The worship is beautiful and formal, but cold and dead. Culture and education has taken the place of the spirit-given word. And faith has been superseded by signs that man is the victim of materialism. You see, science again is telling you that you can have everything you want. Just give your mind over just uh, uh, the atmosphere, just uh, culture and everything. But you see, God is saying, that's not my way of providing for you. My way is to have faith in Almighty God. You see, friends, I'll say this. Uh, our faith does not rest uh, on the sinking sands uh, of this world, but on Jesus Christ. My hope is built uh, on nothing less uh, than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Is it built on that? If it's built on anything else, uh, it's going to be shaken down uh, by trials and traumas uh, and persecution. Uh, but friends, I say, when all those things come, uh, we are more than conqueror through him that loves us. Are you serving a God that is able to lift you up out of the fires of trials uh, that you can praise him in the morning and praise him in the noonday and no devil in hell can stop your praise. You believe it? Nothing can silence you. They can put you in a fiery furnace. Oh, glory. But it can stop you because there's a fort man there. Oh, they can put you in the lion's den. Oh, but it will never hurt you. 
That's right. They can put you in the prison house, but you're coming out, glory. They can put you with the butler and the baker, and you're still coming out. It doesn't matter what life throws at you this morning. You have purpose, and purpose will stand in the last day. We understand that we see a culture-driven world where faith has been superseded by science. Science is trying to get a hold of our minds. Mind over matters. Psychiatrists and psychologies will never replace the place of true faith in God. Hallelujah. I'm all for education. I'm all for these things. And I went to college myself. But I say at the end of the day, my faith looks up to thee. Thou Lamb of Calvary. Savior divine. I'm looking up to him. We have a better culture. Better education. We're living in a culture of science. And civilization has advanced the church into a scientific culture. That if you can't prove it by science, then the world says it's not. But a believer doesn't have to look through the eyes of logistics to believe for their miracles. But they look through the eyes of faith and know that when they can't see it, that God is working. And even when you can't feel him, you know that he's there this morning. You believe it? Hallelujah. That science tells you, you have to see it to believe it. You have to touch it to know it's real. But behind the scene, there is an unseen world that's more real than the world you're in. That God is saying, all you have to do is reach up and touch the Lord as he passes by. You believe it's it's unseen to the natural eyes, but in the spiritual realm of the supernatural and the celestial, there's a great work going on. You can't see it right now, but look at somebody next to you and tell them, my change is coming. My change is coming. I can't see it. I don't know how it's going to happen, but my change is coming. Hallelujah. Don't judge me of what you see now. Because this is not the real me. My change is coming. Tell somebody again. My change is coming. Hallelujah. You see me sick now, but my change is coming. You see me broke right now, but my change is coming. You see me sad right now, but my change is coming, somebody. Hallelujah. You see me lonely right now, but my husband is on the way. My wife is on the way. My change is coming. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands and wave to the Lord right now in Jesus' name. Amen. My change is coming. Hallelujah. I'm getting ready for my change. Why are you so happy, Brother Joseph? Because I sense my change. Hallelujah. I can feel my change is coming. You believe it? Hallelujah. I'm believing for it. I can feel it. Hallelujah. I'm getting ready to collide with my change.
Hallelujah. The body I'm in is getting ready to be collided with my supernatural. Because my miracle cannot be detained. My healing cannot be detained. My promise will not be detained. I'm no longer living in Egypt. I'm going into Canaan's. I'm taking my possession. Hallelujah. I'm taking my new wine. Come drink some wine with me. I'm shouting on the other side. Amen. Because something is getting ready to happen. You believe it? Amen. Praise God. Oh, glory. What a promise God's given us. But you see, culture is defined as the customary beliefs, social forms, and material traits of a radical religion or social group. But you see, there is a people in this last day that will not confirm that will not be redefined because our decree has been spoken a long, long time ago. Before I came here, God spoke my decree. Who I am today and will be was already decreed by God. You believe it? I'm just working on it. Hallelujah. I'm just walking, uh, working on it right now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is not even the real me. You see, this is what you see, the house that I live in. But this is not the real me. The real me is hidden down on the inside. Hallelujah. And I'm coming to that place by the grace of God. But you see, you understand uh, the culture of this world will never redefine who I am. It can never change who I am. Who I am is not in myself, but it's in Jesus Christ. It is not me, you see, but Christ that liveth in me. It's not all about me. It's all about him. It's not what I did. It's what he did. You believe it? My transformation didn't come from the church or culture, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, I owe my allegiance to him. I owe my life to him this morning. You see, the culture is all man-made, and all of it will fail. All of it will fail. And what we call culture today is what Satan presented to Eve and caused her to disbelieve God. And you understand that there are two Edens. God Eden by the spoken word. And Satan's Eden of culture and science. And first God's Eden which came by spoken word creation. Hallelujah. Spoken word creation. That God said let there be and there was. And God spoke by his omnipotent power. And the elements had to obey the creative word of what God has said. That's the first Eden. That's the Eden that God has taken us back to. And that's who you really are. A spoken word son and a daughter of God. You're naturally birthed by your biological parents. But you're spiritually birthed by the spoken word of God. 
that God spoke your bodies into existence before time. Hallelujah. You were somewhere else before this body. You existed in the mind of God. You were in fellowship in the church of God. But there was a time that God wanted to release that being, that spirit body, into an earthly body. Hallelujah. And some morning between nine, he'll take us back up into that glorified body. Paul says that they are body celestials. Hallelujah. One of this flesh, the other of the spirit, and, and then the glorified body. The body you live in is a fake. Praise God. Amen. It's the biggest fake of all the three bodies. You know why? Because it lies to you. It deceives you. It disappoints you. It's not the real you. That's science. Because it was brought from the chemistry of the earth. But inside that body is a spirit body. That's crying out for more of God. That's saying I want to go back to my theophany body. My spoken word body. Are you following me? You bypass that theophany body. That spirit body. You came the way of the fall through the law and the covenant of sex introduced in Revelations or Genesis chapter 2 and bypassed the spoken word form. And you came the way by sexual desire. But brother, I tell you, praise God that we are going to leave this sexual body some morning of science and doubts and failures and all the inferiority that is in. And we are going to step back into a perfect spoken word form that God has called us to. You believe it? So God's first Eden, which came by the word. Secondly, a scientific Eden we're living in, which comes by science, education, and culture. And all the spirit of culture, science, education, and civilization is trying to cripple the true church of God today. It's trying to tell you not to believe in God. That you're the Lord of your own destiny. That you can work this all out. Let me say this to you today. We can't do anything without him. Our brain can't figure this thing out. But our spirits in Jesus Christ will bring all things to pass in our lives. I love this in the power of transformation. And I read this. I keep coming back to it. Uh, it says, uh, uh, from out of this chaos of this modern scientific Eden that we're living in of culture and science and education, all this modern stuff, we will rise. You believe that? We will rise. That this world cannot keep us down. This world cannot hold us any longer. None of these things can move us, as Paul says. Trials and tribulations and, and things that we see around us can never shake that real soul down on the inside. You know why? Because it made connection with Jesus Christ. 
My, there was a connection that happened like a magnet. And when that two omnipotent meet, miraculous will take place. When the spirit beam that came from God meets the spirit of God, there was an explosion in your life that you were no longer the same. That you can't go back to the drugs and the addicts and the alcohol and, and the pornography and the cussing and the vile prerogative lifestyle. But you've been changed. Hallelujah. And even though now you may have failures and shortcomings, you're still looking up to Almighty God, the author and finisher of your faith. We will rise. Hallelujah. We will rise. Nothing will keep us here. Nothing will defeat us. No child shall ever be able to be strong enough to bring us down. That every trial and temptation that has been handed to us will only be a stepping stone to bring us closer to our change. Hallelujah. No trial is ever intended to set you back. But it's only for the purifying of your souls to bring you closer to Almighty God. No real child of God ever comes through the tunnel of trial. And at the end of the tunnel, they say, my, I am worse now than I ever been. No. They'll raise their hands up and say, I'm better than I ever been in my life. Now this trial didn't kill me. This persecution didn't kill me. This sickness cannot destroy me. Go on and shout amen in this place. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe in a God that's real today. Oh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God on a salvation. Oh, what a day we live in. My, but I understand what the church needs is a Calvary's birth. Not a church birth. Not through modern science and, and, and Christian science, uh, but through Calvary. You believe it? The church needs a, a Calvary birth. A birth that changes us. Change our mind and our nature and that old droggy spirits. And that devil that keeps us uh, all hung down like we're still sitting at uh, the river of Babylon. We're not there anymore. We have been exodus into our promised land. You believe that? We're not casting wishful eyes over in Canaan. We are walking in by the grace of God. Give me my mountain. Give me my children. Give me my promise. Give me my health. Give me my victory. Give me my blessings. I want to say to you right now, giants, you can't defeat me. Perhaps in Egypt, but not in Canaan. Spread your life, giants. I'm coming through by the grace of God. You believe it? Why? Because there's been a birth, a change that changed me from what I was to who I am in Christ Jesus. That living for Jesus is not boredom. It's not hard. It's not a dread. Oh, I love this living for him. Hallelujah. I love this living for him. I love being a Christian. Pardon me. I enjoy being a Christian. If you don't like it, jump ship right now. Because you're miserable. 
the awfulest thing in God's church is a miserable Christian. Oh, but I love a Christian who is full of joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. Hallelujah. Even in the trial, they're still praising God. Even in all their hurts, they're still praising God. Even when it didn't happen the way you thought it should happen, you're still glorifying God. Why? Because there's been a change. Hallelujah. There's been a change that happened. You had a Calvary's birth. You didn't just come to a message church and say, praise God. I believe in a prophet and praise God. I'm going in a bride. No, you had a birth at Calvary. You believe it? You had a birth at Calvary. That's what the church needs. It's a birth. It's time to go back to Calvary. Go back to Calvary. That's where it starts. Not a message birth, a Calvary's birth. Praise God. When I'm in the message, so is the devil. What you need to be is in Christ. Because when you get a birth from Calvary, there's a change in your life. Something happened that the devil even knows. You believe it? My, your standards are higher than the standards of this world. Hallelujah. You don't have to try to make it happen. It happens naturally. Praise God because you've had a change. Amen. Your, your standard of living is higher. Not because I preach on it, but because there's been a transformation. There's been a blood transfusion. Hallelujah. Amen. That in my sickly condition, I couldn't live it. But when the blood of Jesus Christ flowed in my veins, hallelujah, I can't help but living for Jesus. I believe that's what the church needs. I believe that's what message pulpit needs. What message churches needs is a birth from Calvary. Hallelujah. It's a Calvary's birth. Praise God, where your standard of living is so high. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. You're not just packing around books uh, and, and quoting quotations, uh, and, but you've had a change in your life. You believe it? That's what the church needs. It's a Calvary's birth. You believe it? Hallelujah. And, uh, excuse me for saying this, and uh, pardon me. Excuse me, Sister Kayla. Sister Michaela Garrett, it's a wonderful sister in this church. And I tell you, when she first came to us, my wife, uh, my, my, not my wife, but my daughter, uh, Naomi, she, she, had a, she had lunch with her. And she came back all excited, just bubbly. She said, Dad, I found a real Christian in our church. I said, really, who? Excuse me. Hallelujah. You see, Sister Michaela holds a high standard of living comparing to many uh, young sisters raised uh, on the message views. You know why? There's been a Calvary's birth. The message didn't give that to her. When she came to this church, she had a birth. The message only saw her the clearer form of who Jesus is. We got too many message brats sitting on the church pew claiming they believe the message but have never met Jesus Christ. 
Come on, you can sit quiet on me. I'm still going to preach. It's not going to change what God has for the agenda this morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Go tell some of the message believers they need to go to Calvary. Because their action isn't uh, lining up with the characteristics of Jesus. It's not even lining up with the message they claim they believe. Hallelujah. I don't expect that no applause from that. But it's nothing but the truth. It's nothing but the truth. There's a lot of good people out there that never heard of this word. But brother, if there's a God on the inside of them and they ever get connected to this word, this message, they'll see Christ in an even plainer and more perfect view through the revelation of the word that's been given. Praise the Lord. I know you didn't order it. Amen. It's free of charge. Because this is what the Holy Ghost says to preach on. You believe it? What a day we live in. We see such a time of double standards. And get ready to crack down in the church like I never before. If you can't live it, friends, just ask for help. Hello. I'm tired of the double standards. One standard at home and one standard at church. God only has one standard and that's his word. You believe it? God has one standard, and that's his word. Hallelujah. If you're going to say amen to it, then live it. If you're going to shout amen to the word, then let me see a life behind it. Hallelujah. I believe it. You see, what I preach is very literal because uh, I believe uh, in literally living it. You believe that? What I preach is literal. And I believe in literally living that what I preach. If you can't live it, don't preach it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. People get mad at me when folks leave the church and say, oh, Brother Joseph, you run folks off. Let me tell you, the word will never run away. The true predestinated. You see, a lot of people come to church, but they never had a Calvary's birth. So they sit there in church and bring all their baggages. And then when I crack down on the spirit, they're getting ready to run. Then everybody looks at me as, Pastor, what are you doing? I'm trying to get you to heaven in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Crowds don't move me. Hallelujah. I don't care about crowds. Amen, I care about one thing, and that's to get you in the place that God wants you to be this morning. Do you believe it? Hallelujah. You don't understand it. You don't know. A lot of people come to church that never even been born again. And with that comes a lot of old carnal nature that you're seeing them on the surface. Oh, they're believers. Oh, they're saints of God. And that's good. Thank you for treating them that way. But deep beyond the surface, I can go deeper and see things there. And when the Spirit begin to anoint me and I'm cracking down on saying, don't look at me as, you know, Brother Joseph, what, 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 why are you preaching on these things? Why are you saying these things? The Spirit of God don't linger on the surface. It penetrates and breaks skin and goes into the marrow, the bone structure of where you are. It is a discerning of the thoughts 
and of the marrow, of the bone, the very structure of your lives. Hallelujah. You believe it? Thank God for it this morning. I say I believe it's time that the church of God comes to that place to where they're rising up higher. They're not backsliding now. It's time to return to our first love. As hard as it's been preached from this pulpit, we see people still just slipping back into old habits and old ways. And Why would you want to do that when you see the coming of Christ is so close? And why would I want to preach like this if this was just a meal ticket? No, I preach the way I'm preaching is because uh, I firmly believe in whom I believe in. Hallelujah. I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which is promised unto me against that day. You believe it, friends? Going to church isn't just pleasant. I just go out and pop the balloon right now. It makes you very uncomfortable. It makes you fidgeted. It makes you on the edge. And if you're not in a church that makes you feel that way, the word is not being preached. Because you know what I want God to do? Is to cut out everything that's the world from my life. Someone wrote me a letter. You heard this one before. When I was down in Athens preaching, they say, you know what? I, 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 the singing was good. The testimony was good. But the preacher made me very uncomfortable. So I wanted to go to a church where the pastor is open-minded. I wrote a letter back to the person. I told him, that's the problem. Your pastor is so open-minded, their brain fell out. We need preachers behind the pulpit that will stand for what is right. Hallelujah. I don't care who it is, myself or anyone else. God, take me down that path of righteous living. The Bible said, without holiness, no man shall see God. Praise the Lord anyhow. Thank you, Jesus. And listen, you know what? Condemnation will never stop you from being who you are in Christ. That's just a scarecrow from the devil. That's just a devil whispering in your ears right there, telling you about this and about that and about the other, and you'll never be able to measure up. Thank you. That's true. But that God on the inside can. If you listen to him, he'll bring you to the place where you need to be in Jesus' name. So the love of the Holy Spirit had diminished from this church. They were on fire. They, my, they just, they held the truth. They say they believed the revelation. My, they went to a message church. They believed in Elijah the prophet. But somewhere along the way, God turned around and popped their balloons and surprised them and said, but I have somewhat against you. So what's that, Lord? Well, you left your first love. But God, I, I go to church, I pay my tithe, I, I mean, I, I'm there when the church bell uh, rings, and, and, and I'm, in a, I'm in the house of God, but God says, yeah, your body's there, but your mind is somewhere else. Amen. Your body's there, but your heart is somewhere else. I'm preaching to you, but you're thinking about lunch instead of thinking about spiritual food in due season. You're thinking about tomorrow and what will happen tomorrow. Let me tell you, I know one who holds tomorrow. Because tomorrow is in his hands. I don't want it in my hands. It'll pass through like sifting sand. But when it's in his hands, it's sure and secure. I don't hold tomorrow, but he holds tomorrow. He holds my future. 
my future is not in my plans and my ambitions, but in Jesus Christ. You believe that? God's people have lost the importance of homage and submission. And this is where uh, John now was writing in this uh, first Ephesians church under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit on the Isle of Patmos. He said, these people are fine. They're religious. They know the Bible. They know all about Jesus. They're zealous about what they believe and, and their, their faith. He said, but somewhere they lost their first love. So how in the world can you really believe the message, fight for it, uh, strive for it, and yet uh, not uh, be in love? Because you're in love with the wrong person. You're in love with the wrong person. You're in love with William Branham and not Jesus Christ. But if you ever fall in love with Jesus Christ, uh, then you will follow the word that I'm preaching about. You understand what I'm saying? This is what the Ephesus church was struggling with. They loved the prophet. They loved the revelation. They were in love with a man instead of Christ. Christ is the answer. No one will ever take my allegiance from him. You believe it? Look, I know I'm getting turned off right now, but hear me. And hear me well. Hear me well this morning. Before you can be in love with Christ's message, you first have to be in love with him. And this is what God was telling the Ephesians church. You were in love, and you're in love with my message. You hold to the revelation, but you've left your first love. Praise God. What was the first love? Jesus Christ. Who purchased your salvation? Jesus Christ. Who died for you? Jesus Christ. No man or bishop or church. Christ died for me. Praise God. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. But people have lost their, their, uh, their, their, their respect and their submission. And the churches have become careless to giving their best to God. And God has been... Uh, uh, has been the object of defilements uh, and how we have defiled God. That's right. Hallelujah. We hide behind our pet doctrines and our denominations and our organization. Don't come tell me we're not an organization. Hallelujah. We, 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 we hide behind our names of who we are. But God is saying it's time to come out from behind the name. Eve, get out from the fig leaf. Adam, get out from the fig leaf. Where art thou, Adam? Adam, where art thou? But God is calling for a church. Hallelujah. They'll stand before him naked. Take off the fig leaf, church. Take off the apron and say, oh, God, naked have I come into this world. Hallelujah. But I'm going to leave here not naked, but clothed in the characteristics of Almighty God. Clothed in His righteousness. But God has been the object of defilement and how we have defiled God in our churches. God is set aside. He's not even worshiping praise. Calvary's not even preached on anymore. Justification, sanctification, and the first work of grace is not even preached in the church. 
Yet we tell the young generation that there'll be in the rapture. How can you have a rapture without the process? Are you listening this morning? You got to be justified, sanctified, be changed by the Holy Spirit to be in a changed body. Praise the Lord anyhow. Amen. And many have spent less and less time on spiritual pursuits. And it's becoming now more of a religion. We've got a religion in a religion. But praise God, we're getting out of religion this morning. Hallelujah. Not church and religion, but Jesus. Have you met that man I'm talking about? Have you ever met him? If you ever met him, you'll be in love with him. If you ever met him, you'll never forget him. If you ever met him, hallelujah, there'll be a change in your lives. Oh, my. Let me run and prostrate myself at the feet of Jesus. And like the centurion, hallelujah, surely this must be the Son of God. Hallelujah. Surely this must be the Son of God. Have you found him? Have you found him through religion or really a re- religiosity or your church views? Have you found him in your message churches and organization? Have you found this one I'm preaching about? And look up to him. And the centurion, hallelujah, Roman centurion says, surely this must have been the son of God. Hallelujah. Or is he stuck in some corner of your mind? Through religion format, religious formats and formulas, or is he becoming real to you today as I'm preaching? And the crystal is beginning to clear up in your mind that I need Jesus more than anything in my life. I need Jesus more than anything. When I have Jesus, I have everything. When I have Jesus, he's all that I need. You believe it? You see, eventually these lives hardly differ from those of, of non-believers. And their spiritual uh, fervor as wax and cold. And this is what uh, John is writing here. Can Im- imagine the Ephesus church? The first church out of Pentecost. The church that witnessed the power of God and the mighty rushing wind. Got to a place to where they became wax. You see, wax, when it is cold, is one of the hardest substance. It is. And let me, let me take you back to our text. Like a candle, when it's heated, will glow and produce light and warmth. And now Jesus said, it is wax. And wax is the coldest, non-ambience substance there ever is wax is but yet the same wax can be used as one of the most radiant uh, substance to make the atmosphere of a room suiting for the occasion I said oh God let me stay warm let me stay warm let my life becomes warm let my life be a radiant. Let my life uh, becomes warm. Yet on the other hand, the Bible says uh, it can be the hottest and most uh, illuminating object uh, 
Let me say this, friends. Growing cold spiritually is ultimately and blatantly a result of abounding iniquity. And this is what Jesus says, and because in Matthew 24 and 12, and because iniquity shall abound, that word abound means in the Greek to give the idea to multiply, to uh, be increased uh, tra transitively. And we see this, iniquity creeps into a believer's life subtle and damages their relationship with God. And this is what God is saying. I'm not blaming you for iniquity, but I'm telling you, you can do something about it. You can plead the blood of Jesus Christ over your life and say, Lord, I feel myself getting cold. I feel myself getting like wax. The word don't move me anymore. I just sit there in my cold form. That's what wax is when there's no heat to it. Understand that? Oh, but just something about a candle when it's lit up. Oh, my goodness. It loses its dignity. It drips this way. It drips that way. And it frolics. And it flickers. And you see the glow upon the wall. And it's not worrying about its form anymore. Sometimes you see the dripping becomes a little embarrassing in the church. That's because you've lost your forms. You don't mind praising God. Hallelujah. You don't mind lifting up your hands. You don't mind losing your dignity. You're now in the presence of God. Praise God. And things in your life take precedent over your love for Jesus Christ. And I believe uh, it is high time to lay aside all these uh, foolish distractions and attend unto the Lord. I believe, like I was preaching uh, last night to the couples, there come a time where you've got to move out of the falling in love period into the staying in love period. Hallelujah. To my, many of us, I've just fell in love with Jesus, but we have never stayed in love with Jesus. Are you following me now? It's not enough just to fall in love. It's easy to fall in love. The same way it is easy to fall out of love. Oh, but the real pressure comes when you can through all and everything still say, Lord, I still love you. Maturing in Christ should cause the flames of your faith to grow stronger and not weaker. I believe in mature in Jesus Christ. Just cause these flames to grow stronger and not weaker in our lives. Beloved Brother Bram said in a message, turn on the light and bear with me. He said the grain should mature with the light. But the thing is today, the church grain don't want to mature. It wants to stay like it was back. But this is another day. This is another day. Hallelujah. This is another hour. This is another day. This is the advancement of the gospel. It's the coming to its maturity. We can't be children any longer. We have to be mature people to say, look, I'm wrong and I need God's help. I don't care how long you've been in church and what kind of facade you have on the outside. Every one of us in our best are failures. But we have to say, oh God, I'm coming to maturity.
And I ask you to mature my life, Father. Do what you have to do in me and bring me back to the original seed. Are you the original seed? Then God is bringing you back to the original seed. Oh, I love it. And seeds shall not be here with the shots. Many of them look like Christians, try to act like Christians, but you've got to have Christ on the inside of you, which is the word made manifest, or it'll never mature into real Bible-believing Christians. You've got to have Christ on the inside, friend. Don't get me wrong. I died for this message. I see this message as a revelation of Jesus Christ. I was searching for truth. I was raised in a message church. I was told that Malachi 4, Elijah prophet, was Brother William Branham, and I believe that. But still I found myself even still desiring the things of the world and not being changed. But when I met Jesus, something happened in my life. Then this word became a reality to me. You believe it? You got to get to Christ first. You can't bypass him. You can take you you can take a hand, man. She's a laying machine. Hallelujah! And she's laying all kinds of eggs every day. By the way, I don't know what we're gonna do about the price of eggs. That's really encroaching on my on my on my dessert. You know I love my dessert. That's really encroaching on my cakes. We got to do something about this matter. But you take, a, you take a chicken that's never been with a mate. She's a laying machine. You take one of those eggs that she's got while she's in that stage and put it uh, under, under uh, another hen and let her sit on it. It'll never bring forth anything. It's just rotten. You know why? It wasn't dramatized. She never went with a rooster. And that's the problem in the church. There's too many people sitting around in the church just saying, I believe the message. I believe the message. I believe that God sent a prophet. Let me tell you, friends, you've got to be dramatized by Jesus Christ, your soulmates. Hallelujah. No wonder the churches are filled with rotten eggs. Amen everywhere. God help us is my prayer. You know what I'm saying is the truth? I used to raise chickens when I was a boy. I love chickens. I used to raise chickens, believe it or not. I used to raise them. I love, I love those nice, those nice brown eggs that's, you know, really good eggs. Yellow oak. A yolk tells you that they, they, they've actually been with the, with the, with the, with, with the mate. Them are the best kind to make banana pudding. <laughs> Amen. Makes good desserts. All those little white kind of stuff they sell in a grocery store, man, just, just bypass it and go to the organic stuff. Get the real stuff. That's the way it is in a church. Too many white yolks sit in a church. We need some, we need some yellow yolks. Amen. Some folks uh, that rather their lives are mixed up with Jesus Christ. Amen. They're producing something. You believe it? Remember, Mama used to tell me, Joseph, go and get me a couple of eggs. So, oh, sure, Mama. I know that night there's going to be some baking going on. Man, you can smell it a mile coming up the road. Amen, Mama, whip up some of them nice chocolate cake and vanilla cake and all these banana pudding and everything. My, 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 cheesecake and all. You can smell it. You know why? Because it was genuine. Hallelujah. Brother, what I'm trying to tell you and relax your mind to tell you, Amen, you got to be real. You can't just sit back and just allow this world to poison you with all these scientific things. They're trying to tell you now, you don't even need to, they can even create a chicken. 
That's right. They use all kinds of steroid shots and these things that they didn't look like a monk just walking over and they could fall over any time. Back when I was growing up, man, them chickens, they weren't big and fat, but they were sweet. You can even eat the bones of them. I know some of you don't want to hear that, but it's so good and crunchy and nice today. You go to the uh, grocery store and, and the chicken looks like a turkey. You got to ask the people, what's this? Who's this? Is this her, him, turkey, or hen? Why? Because the day's perverted. Science is perverted. Everything. We got to go back to the real thing. Come on now. You love him, church. We got to go back to being mature by the Holy Spirit. In the last sin church age, the prophet says, the bride church will mature. How many believes that? The bride church will mature. Hallelujah. Might be some of you sitting there that are probably thinking, man, I hear you preach. You don't even believe in Revelation. You better believe I do. And I believe in this word of Malachi 4 that's been breathed over us. But, brother, that comes with a conception that you've got to meet Jesus Christ. And when you do this word, we'll become real. You believe it? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For the remission of your sins. Jesus Christ came to remit our sins. John preached baptism unto repentance. But remission of sins comes through Jesus Christ. You believe it? You see, when maturity is visible in a believer's life, then the flames of their love and faith will grow stronger for God and His Word. Something in them will just grow and they will have that holy hunger that no earthly thing can ever satisfy. They'll find themselves saying, give me Jesus. Take this whole world and give me Jesus. But notice that Jesus pronounced an indictment on the church of Ephesus because they left their first love. Nevertheless, he says in um, verse 4 of chapter 2, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. In the, in the resume of the church ages, uh, Brother Bram said this, he said the true church has lost his first love. That love was typified as the love of the bride and groom uh, at their marriage and early years of wedded life. Uh, there was a cooling uh, of that complete love and an abandonment to God. And God rebuked their way of living uh, for being desensitized, uh, for no longer bearing lights. You see, Ephesus was not a deceived church, but it failed to not continue in perfect love. Do you understand what perfect love is? Perfect love is not puppy love. Perfect love is not uh, embracing wrong. Perfect love is not, oh, well, I still got to love them. Perfect love is Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? That's perfect love. When you love Jesus Christ enough to where he governs every area of your life, every decision. Every morning you wake up, every night you go to sleep, that's perfect love. So Ephesus was not a deceived church, but it failed to not continue in the perfect love they had for Jesus Christ. And this is why he said, thou hast left thy first love. That first love is perfect love. 
Is that what you want in your life? Look, friends, I'm not a smart person. I'm not a theologian. I'm not a scientist, but I love Jesus. I believe at the end of the day, this is what God is asking this church to come back to that place to where they perfectly love him. Perfectly love him enough that if he says no, or if he chastises us, or if he lets us wait, that we can say, God, I love you not on condition, but I love you with perfect love. You believe it? That's perfect love. That when he looks us in the eyes and he tells us we are wrong, we say, we still love you, Lord. And when our prayers are not answered the way we estimate it to be, we say, you still are the one that I love. How many like to get back to that place? That place of perfect love. Then left that love that it once had for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And this is what God was rebuking the Ephesus church over in parallel to the Laodicean last age church. He said, you've lost your love for outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Used to be that you can, you love it when the Holy Spirit is baiting down on you. You love that. You raise your hands up and you got lost in the Holy Spirit that you acted outside of your own nature. And I'm not talking a bunch of, about denomination Pentecost that just run the aisles and speak in tongues and do all these things, knock over chairs and, and carry on and then there's no life behind it. I'm talking about a true word Pentecost of people that's been birthed by Jesus Christ. You believe it? That there's a genuine move of the Holy Spirit, not worked up, they're pumped up. That when the music stops, everybody stops. <clears throat> but now we don't, we don't need music to, to shout and not worship God. Hallelujah. When the Holy Spirit has been poured down from heaven in our soul, hallelujah, we can lift our hands up and say, oh God, send the fire just now. Lord, send the fire right now. But they left the love that they once had for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And they slid backward into formality. And now the Bible says they complain. And I believe that God is contempt with our complaint. We complain. Have you listened to yourself lately? Lately, Are you, are you a complainer or are you complacent in Jesus Christ? People who have left the Holy Spirit, all they do is ever complain. They're never satisfied, never happy. Nothing is ever enough for them. Albert Einstein says this, stay away from negative people. They have a problem for every solution. It's terrible what the age has come to. We no longer are satisfied and happy in Jesus Christ and happy in the Holy Ghost. That is not the priority of our happiness. Everything else has become our happiness but Him. And this is what He's saying. Come back to your first love. Come back to perfect love. Because nothing in this world will ever satisfy us. A Greek philosopher once says, Nothing is enough to the man that nothing, or enough rather, is too little. You understand what I'm saying? Nothing is ever enough 
to the man of whom nothing, uh, enough rather, is too little. We have to come to that place. In other words, we'll never have enough. The more I want this morning, I close as the musicians come. I, the more I want, the more of the enough I want is there more of Jesus. I want to have enough of Jesus. Enough of Jesus. Because nothing is enough to the man to whom enough is too little. Lord, never let me be a complainer, Lord. Let me be the man that still serve you. Hallelujah. If I can breathe today, if I can serve Jesus today, let me say, oh God, I want to, to serve you today. In God's provided way, the church murmur and grumble and complaining against Moses, complaining against God, and God cut off their water supply. God will cut off your water supply, friends. You've got to find yourself being grateful. In a flashing red light of his coming, he says, oh God, give me the grace to never complain. Some people, they, they pout. They literally pout on God. Well, God didn't do this, and God didn't do that. And God, well, what do you think you have in you? Didn't God give you life? If you're breathing, you ought to be thankful. Well, God didn't do this, and God didn't do that, so I'm going to stay home. And I didn't get a husband. I didn't get a wife. I'm still sick. I'm, I don't have money. I don't know. Of course, you said it. You don't. But praise God. God's looking for people. Would you please stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. That through it all, they're ready to raise their hands up to God and say, Lord, my enough comes in you. Hallelujah. My enough comes in you. My enough comes from above. And I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Because my help cometh from the Lord. Are you willing to do that? To lift up your hands to God and say, you are my enough. You are my everything. You are my breath in my life. And everything that I desire, oh breath of God, breathe on me, Holy Spirit. Breathe on me. Breathe on me, O oh, breath of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Song, I'll come running. Amen. Draw me. Draw me close, Lord. Is that your desire this morning? Look, friends, I can't hardly preach anymore from notes. There's such a Holy Ghost power that's on me. Amen. I preach to you. I don't know when I'm going to get through preaching all this stuff God's given me. Amen. But you're going to see a pastor here at the church preaching the word. If you're serious about God, come back Wednesday night. If you're not afraid of hard preaching, come back in the house of God. I challenge you in Jesus' name. Come back and get blessed in the house of the Lord. How many believes in inspiration? True anointing. True inspiration that streams out the very celestial realm into the mind of God's ministers that they'll speak what you have need of. You believe it. Lift your hands up and let's sing it together. Draw me. Draw me, Lord. Draw me. Draw. Let his presence bade you down. Roll 
have some God chaser? Are you going to chase after him? If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Hallelujah. How many are willing to lift him up? Lift him up, Lord. You are everything. You, my Lord and my God. I read this this morning in the book of Daniel, chapter 4 of Nebuchadnezzar. He got so lifted up in his pride that God made him to become a beast and give him a beast heart. Have claws like an eagle and feathers and eat grass. Until he came to that place acknowledging there's only one God. Hallelujah. You know what he was worshiping before? Daniel. Is God. Belshazzar was Daniel. The prophet of that age. And God demoted him to becoming like a beast until he realized that there was only one God. Jesus Christ. Friends, I say what I say this morning. You know I believe this word and this message with all my heart. But I'm afraid people are worshiping this message instead of worshiping Jesus Christ. And God never changed him until he realized that there's only one God. When Daniel gave the interpretation of his dreams, he thought that Daniel was actually God. That prophet was God. But he made an image like an unto Daniel and even called him his name after Daniel, Belshazzar. Hallelujah. But God says, you know, I will not, I will not share my glory with no man. I will not share my glory with no man. Jesus Christ, hallelujah, is the ultimate. There is only one Lord, and that's Jesus Christ. 
Jesus Christ is Lord. He is risen from the dead, and he is Lord. Make sure you praise him enough. Make sure this week that you lift him up enough. Make sure you give him praise and glory and honor and thank him and say, Lord, I owe my allegiance to you. I owe my life to you. I'm not where I need to be, but God, I love you anyhow. I'm going to come to your feet like that prostitute woman and say, God, I'm not worthy to even look at you, but I love you. I love you more than life itself. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Are you willing to fall in love again with him? Hallelujah. And say, Lord, rekindle the flames in my life. Rekindle the flames. Let the flame of God's love just grow. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. That's what you need, friends. That's what the church needs. That's what every church needs is Jesus. There's just something about that name. Jesus. When that name is spoken, demons are rattled. Hell has to stand still. Our sicknesses have to give up and bring healing. Diseases are stopped. Hallelujah. When that name is spoken, hallelujah, great things happen at the name of Jesus. Oh, when you breathe that name of Jesus over your wayward sons and your daughters, they have to stop right there at Maybe they're sipping a beer, but at that very moment, something will let them know that there is a God. Continue screaming out that name. Hallelujah. When your body is racked with pain and you cried out, Jesus, that pain has to know that there is one. Hallelujah. That has power over every diseases and every illness. When your mind seems like it's going insane, all you've got to cry out is Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus, I need you. When you're going down the road, hallelujah, you almost have a head-on collision and you scream, Jesus. Suddenly, he takes the wheel. Hallelujah. There's something about the name of Jesus that is magnificent. That is powerful. Let me brag about Jesus. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He's wonderful and powerful. And he is my Lord. Yes, he is my Lord. And I'm not ashamed to worship him. I'm not ashamed to worship him. I'm not ashamed to lift my hands to him. I'm not ashamed to say there's no one else that will take his place. That he's king of kings and lord of lords. And he is the lord of my life. You believe it? Praise the Lord Jesus. Sing another song. Will you come? Hallelujah. I love you, Lord. Help me sing it. For your mercies never failed me all of my days. I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God.
Let me say this to you this morning with all due respect. God ain't playing church anymore. I'm sorry to tell you. You can't fool God. You can't fool God. I'm not preaching, I'm not preaching a fearful message. I'm preaching what the Bible says. You realize that even your thoughts in heaven speak louder than your voice on earth? That's exactly right. This is time. I'm preaching return to your first love like the Ephesus church and said, Lord, let me fall in love with Jesus. It's not easy. Lord, let me fall in love with you. If you ever fall in love with Jesus Christ enough, you wouldn't want to make a move that will offend him. You will not do anything that will ever offend him. You'll be like that prostitute woman at his feet still and frozen in his presence. Lord, I don't even want to move because I'm too scared, Lord. I don't want to move unless he should condemn me. But at the end... He will say, Simon, 
I came into your house. You never kissed me. You never welcomed me. You, you brought me here to humiliate me in this message church. But this woman, hallelujah, and all of her sin and her iniquity. Come on, somebody. Let me get a witness. And all of her sins and all of her iniquity has not ceased from washing my feet out with her, with her tears and drying it with a hair of her head. And I say, stand up. Hallelujah. God's getting ready to say to some of you this morning, stand up. Hallelujah. For thy sins that are many are forgiven. Hallelujah. Glory, church. Thy sins that are many are forgiven. I said, praise God for it in the house this morning. What a blessing to be in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. You know, Satan tried everything he can. Woke me up with a hungover last night from eating too much cake. Amen. But praise God. Amen. I still preach the gospel. Amen. Don't you love Jesus? Don't try it. Late in the evening, if you're over 50, don't eat too much cake. You'll be counting sheep all night. But praise God. The message went out anyhow. So you know what? When I leave here, watch out. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going back for some more. Praise the Lord. Do you love the Lord? Yes. Service will be here Wednesday night. Go tell somebody they better get in the house of the Lord. I'm not playing church anymore. There's going to be some preaching in this church. And you don't like it, friends. I'm sorry. I'm not being offensive to anybody. I'm preaching a gospel. But I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach until the chandeliers rattle in this church. I'm going to preach the soundboards off the wall. What the brother said, preach the paper off the wall. Amen. We're going to have church. I'll be exciting. Praise the Lord. You love him. Listen, if, and I, if I'm not preaching on you or pinching you or climbing up your back and your shin and really giving it to you good, then you're not going to church. Because the Bible said we sin every day and we backslide. You know, God does that to me. You know, he said, come meet me back here in my study. I got a few things to tell you. Come on now. Wednesday evening, go tell a friend to come to church. They're going to hear, hear preaching like they never hear on the family. And you are going to be blessed, revived, and one day you're going to thank me and say, Pastor, thank you so much for preaching about my family. If you didn't preach like that, they wouldn't be here today. How many want your family in church? You know what's going to bring them back? Hard preaching. And I don't know about you, but mine's coming back by the grace of God. Mine's coming back. Amen. I'll tell you that. Mine's coming back. I don't know what yours are going to do, but mine's coming back. And I hope they're coming back. Amen. And I don't mean another church. I mean this church. You believe it? You believe it? You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou and thine house shall be saved. You believe that? For you online, shalom to you. Tune back in on Wednesday night. We're going to have a grand time of preaching and fellowship in the house of the Lord here.